Is the polling industry dead? You know, I really hope so. And I could name some of the people who should be fired immediately. And I, and I think I will. I just need to calm down enough to get their names on paper. <laughs> but clearly, look, the instinct of every, I mean, this is true in every industry, because this is a function of human nature, but you cover for yourself and you think of an excuse, your children do it. Well, you know, there's a good reason I did okay. No, no, you screwed up and you have to acknowledge it in order to get better. But we in the media, I think, are particularly good at pretending that there's some reason that we misled our viewers or our readers. And we really should stop doing that because too much is at stake. And the first way to fix it is by holding the people who screwed up accountable, and that's just by firing them. And they can go do something useful like hang drywall or learn to paint or, or do something else. But they <laughs> cannot keep discrediting the work of the rest of us by screwing up in the way that they have. I think that's a fair, I think yeah. that's a fair ask. <laughs> Oh, uh, Tucker Carlson hoping it's the end of polling last night. Yeah. Well, we had the conversation the other day because polling's a fairly recent invention. Mm -hmm. It well, it, it would have existed. There just was no way to do it back in the day. It was impossible. It's still not very possible. It Write would a thousand letters to Iowans and ask them who they like to vote. <laughs> vote for it. Have them mail it back. Well, how would how would elections be different if you had no idea who was ahead? That's a really weird thing to imagine in your mind. Which is weird itself. Because it would be all about ideas yeah. and policies. Or what your neighbors think, I guess. But you sure? The, yeah. You know, you go into the election having been beaten into your head over and over and over again that the person you're voting for is either likely to win or, you know, not likely to win. And you vote anyway. What would sure. it be like if you had no idea what everybody thought? Would more people vote? Would people vote any differently? Would it change results at all? Oh, now you're asking me questions I'd have to think about. Um, great questions. So I, I, do love there, I do th think there is such a thing that is in a close election, more people vote. If you're certain your person's going to win or lose... You know, there's no chance they're going to win, or they're certainly going to win. You you might be less likely to go out and vote. Well, That's got to be true. And given the obsession with the presidency in this country, which is unhealthy in so many different ways, um, if the presidential election doesn't appear to be close, people will not pay any attention to the down ticket races, which might affect their uh, lives more. That's a, no, that's a and, good point, and that's that's terribly unhealthy. I I ought to find. We have it. no winner. We should throw that out. We have no winner. It is two thirty eight to two thirteen. You got to get to two seventy. It's two thirty eight to two thirteen with a half dozen states still hanging out there. Uh, as we've talked throughout the day, if you're looking at the what's currently happening in the states, you'd rather be Biden than Trump in terms of they both have a path to win. Mm -hmm. But Biden's path's a lot easier than Trump's. Yeah, it's much more likely Biden wins at this point. But, you know, let's wait and count the votes. Republicans will keep the Senate. Don't know that, but it seems pretty damned likely. So to me, this is the second best case scenario. My best case scenario is Trump wins. Ours gets Senate, take house, whatever. But second is uh, Trump barely loses. And the Republicans hang on to the Senate, and Pennsylvania's not involved, which the current path for Biden winning includes. So Pennsylvania's not involved, so you don't have that legal mess, because I don't think that's good for the country. Oh, no. That could be nightmarish. You'd make Florida look like, well, a Florida 2000, make it look like a vacation of Florida. All the scary stuff is not going to happen. You're not going to pack the court. You're not going to add states. You're not going to end the filibuster. And if there's another death on the Supreme Court or somebody retires, you're not going to be able to jam in whoever the hell you want is Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. um, 
you're going to have to come up with somebody that Republicans would would accept. So yeah. that's that's really good news. Oh, it's historically enormous because the the zeitgeist, the feel of the times, could well change significantly before we go through this horror again. I hope I'm dead by then. And I the, don't the, actually, but that's like in two years. Um, <laughs> the, the well, presidential uh, four years, but. Uh, there's hoping, there's hope, and there's a lot of good reason for hope that some of the more idiotic and dangerous notions of the militant left, and I'm not talking about our liberal friends who just believe in different policies and and that sort of thing. Y'all are my friends. I have no problem with you. I'd like to convince you of, of certain things, but we, we're friends. We have no problems here. But the militant, crazy-ass left, they felt like they had some sort of energy. That might manifest itself in some of the things Jack was mentioning. Packing the courts, packing the country, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's not going to happen. And, it's, and more and more people are waking up to how crazy it is. Because you hear, you need to be an anti-racist. And people of, for instance, people of good conscience say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm against racism. Yes, I guess I'm an anti-racist. But then down the road, they figure out, oh, this is like this militant ideology by college professors that uses words I thought I knew what they mean, but I don't. They've twisted the meanings of words. And they wake up slowly but surely to that. And, and that craziness, I think, will lose momentum. So the barbarians have been turned back from the gate. And we have a little time to, to fortify our defenses. A couple of quick asides before we get back. Um, number one, I think it was Brian just tweeted at us. Polls are for raising money. I thought that was an intriguing notion. Mm, yeah. that's, that is Thank you for that thought, my friend. Which I would think this election, once again, has shown doesn't make that much difference. I mean, I'm mm. in a business that lives off of political advertisements this time of year, but there there's not the data to show that that helps that much. I, I feel like... It- Political spending is like table stakes. You need to get to a certain yeah, amount yeah, to exactly. get into the game. There's a floor you have to yeah, reach, yeah. but above that, it doesn't do you any good. That extra that extra doesn't help. Right. Yep. Well said. And then this, I want to throw this in just in support of my whole obsessed with the presidency thing and um and and the federal government in general. It's just it's it's near tragic the extent to which we become fixated on the federal government. I loved this headline from the Babylon Bee. Nation torn apart by routine election, starting to wonder if government may be too powerful. As I tweeted, that is perfect. Perfect. Well done. So there are six states too early to call, according to Fox, because Fox has called Arizona for Biden. Only Fox and like one other outlet. But The um, AP has called it. I'm checking back. If um, Trump loses and it's because... He couldn't hold on to Arizona. That is amazing. Uh, the Wall Street Journal has called Arizona, too. I, I okay. Would, I would call that over. Uh, now it's Nevada, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. Really? Wisconsin, Michigan, Nevada. Trump is trailing by a combined about 70,000 votes. That's amazing. Well, that he is won, amazing. He won by, what, 50,000 votes in 2016? So. Across the upper Midwest, yeah. Yeah, uh, Michigan and Wisconsin both above ninety five percent reporting. Nevada is still in the about two thirds. Right, well, you know, what's amazing? So you could end up he could lose, and you could end up with a situation where a hundred thousand votes you switch. He's never president, or he's a two term president. Correct. That's amazing. Grand. 
total in a nation of 330 million people. You're either, has, you know, part of history as a two-term president. Yes. Or you were never president at all. Right. That's amazing. You're Thomas Dewey. <laughs> With all due respect to Mr. Dewey and his family. Yeah. I refuse to Google who that name is. Somebody would have been president. If he'd won. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I had another point to make that I was very excited about. I don't remember what it was. Uh, Kanye West has conceded, in case you haven't heard that. but he has Premature his... to me. There's still a path to victory. <laughs> he does have his sights set on 2024. His path to victory includes a lap around Mars. <laughs> I wish I'd have said this yesterday. Which would be fine with Kanye. I forgot to say this yesterday because I don't know if everybody is hip to this. But uh, most of your network pundits are super tied into the political world because they ran campaigns and they're friends with all the people that run the campaigns now. Or married to them or, or married their to siblings or whatever, yep. And they get exit polling throughout the day that they can't share on the air because it's uh, against the rules to, 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 you know, to give any results until the polls close and that sort of stuff. But these people have it. And you can see it on their face or you can tell by what they're saying. And sometimes they slip. And like Rahm Emanuel who was just giddy on Sunday, former chief of staff to Barack Obama, giddy on Sunday about what it was just going to be, you know, just a wipeout for the blues were going to take everything. Right. He was just, he could just tell by the look on his face that that he had information from his friends that was not that. Yeah. And Donna Brazil, who ran <laughs> Al Gore's campaign, even said fairly early in the evening, she said, I still see a path for Joe Biden. I thought, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, and Brett Bear stopped her and he said, well, wait a minute, you still see a path? <laughs> it's funny. One she more... obviously had some information about oh, Florida, yeah. North Carolina, and yeah. Georgia that yeah. we didn't have yet. Uh, so I was flipping around like a madman last night, and I'd watched CNN a little bit, but then I'd navigated away from it because it's, uh, well, uh, what's the term? A pile of crap. Anyway, uh, credit to my <laughs> golf buddy, Rich, who what's was uh, term? who was texting, um, and, and he said, uh, essentially, uh, oh, my God, CNN's saying, it's don't panic yet. It's not time to panic yet. And so I flipped back to CNN and I swear to God, this is true. They were visibly paler than when I tuned in the first time. The rosiness had left their cheeks so much that it showed through their pancake makeup and they were visibly stricken. Like they just found out a loved one had passed. I mean, it was hilarious to watch. It uh, could be. It doesn't go the way I want it to go, you know, ultimately. But tell you what, you give me the Senate, I'll forge ahead like the brave little man I am. That's does, fine. Does this we make, got the Senate. Does this make it easier for Trump to go if he loses a really squeaker of an election? Because he wasn't thoroughly repudiated. Though, you know, it's going to be the biggest wipeout since McGovern or that sort of thing. Not even close. He dang near won. So I don't does know. That make His him head feel works better, differently or? than mine. <laughs> I have no idea. He will dispute the result like crazy. He's at 67 million votes. Uh, I think because I did the math a week or so ago. I think my math was he's got to get to 72. Uh, but there are six states left. He'll get to 72 million. So he'll have received the most votes anybody ever has for president of the United States between right. this election and last election. More than Barack Obama got. Yeah. And he won twice. And he will. And he was Jesus for a lot of people. And he will claim 100% correctly that he was up against the practically the entirety of the U.S. media. 
and uh, and he will uh, go back to building golf courses. I would think even if you lost, if if for my ego I could say I've got more votes for president than anybody ever has. Yeah, would oh, make yeah. you feel pretty good. Yeah, even if you lost. And once again, for our fever-dreamed nutjob listeners, if after all is said and done, Trump says, "No, nah, I think I won. I'm staying." Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy and Amy Coney Barrett and and and, and Lindsey Graham. We'll walk into the Oval Office and say, Mr. President, God bless you. Go build some golf courses. Well, you wait till he goes to the bathroom and he's changed the locks. It's well, pretty simple. <laughs> I don't know how hard it is. What if he gets wind of the plan and dons some depends? <laughs> then what? By executive order, he removes all the locks from the White House. Oh. Right. Wow. There you go. See? <laughs> See? It could happen. Six states still too early to call. So we won there. We lead by 76,000 votes with almost nothing left. And all of a sudden, everything just stopped. This is a fraud on the American public. This is an embarrassment to our country. We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win this election. I disagree with what he did tonight. Um, There comes a point where you have to let the process play itself out before you judge it to have been flawed. And I think by prematurely doing this, if there is a flaw in it later, he has undercut his own credibility in calling attention to that flaw. So I think it's a bad strategic decision. It's a bad political decision. And it's not the kind of decision you would expect someone to make tonight who holds the position he holds. That is an interesting point right there from Chris Christie, is that if there actually is, you know, a problem, you're the boy who cried wolf. So... Yeah, yeah. Shocking that the president would be undisciplined. Um, Anyway, the the actual situation in Pennsylvania, which is a mess. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Pennsylvania is bad at elections. Bad. But the actual situation is you have Biden behind. uh, Trump's ahead by nine, nine points. But a third of the vote has not been counted. And that's heavily mail-in, which is you know widely reputed and probably is uh, heavily democratic. So we just, as uh, as the big man Chris Christie said, we just let it play out, and then have the world's best lawyers look into it. Biden can win without Pennsylvania, though, and he's leading in Wisconsin and Michigan, and they're counting votes that are almost certainly leaning his way. And so, you know, that's the most likely scenario. But what I wonder is, 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 is old man Biden got his act together mentally enough to understand what he has, uh, what he has inherited if he ends up being president and <laughs> that he's not taken over a country that was all excited about all the stuff that animated Democrats on Twitter for the past however many years. Not mm-hmm. even close. Yeah. Does he get that? Because Kamala Harris is still excited about it all, I'm sure. Yeah. And she thinks she can push him at least some. Uh, my hope is that old man Biden, if he if he prevails, 
is going to show his true colors again because he's always been a moderate Democrat and a tough on crime guy, quite famously. Um, and he could not lose the Bernie bros and the squad idiots who, who like those four insufferable women and and uh, the rest of it. He, he had to keep them under his tent uh, through Election Day. But now that it's over, I got to believe he returns to the Joe Biden of old. On the other hand, if he croaked it in the next month, nobody would be terribly surprised. He doesn't look good. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. So Biden is going to win Maine? Or did win Maine? But Susan Collins, the Republican, is going to stay as the U.S. Senator, once again showing polling to be terrible. Biden won by nine in Maine. And Susan Collins hung on. She was said to be behind. I, showing I had, polling to be terrible. I had believed the split ticket voter was a thing of the past. I uh, Interesting to see that I, I may have been wrong on that. Trump's a unique uh, situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Maine's a unique place, too. Uh, the wacky states the of the Northeast. Well, it's the lobsters in the cold. I mean, you spend all day wolfing down shellfish, then all of a sudden it's 10 below at night. It, <laughs> it messes with your constitution. I don't mean the constitution. I mean, you know. It, the the blood actually, Sean. It, it, it your blood in Maine. It turns like a Slurpee in the wintertime. <laughs> oh yeah, people they, their hearts are twice the normal like size. Like one of the knockoff ones where there's actually like chunks of ice in there. Like we're, the, yeah. your slush puppy, not, right. not your top yeah. shelf Slurpee. We're going to talk to a reporter about the very latest with six states still hanging out there and both men having a path to the presidency coming up in just a few moments. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Not everything is racial. White liberals tend to racialize everything, but for most people, economics and culture make the difference. And you're seeing the Republican Party become a party of wage earners in a way that it never has been ever since Abraham Lincoln started it. And I just think that is maybe the biggest change to come out of the Trump first term. And I think it's something that will kind of define politics in this country for a long time. We should pay a lot of attention to that. Again, people are voting along economic lines, not along the clean racial lines that intersectionality and all these other dumb theories suggest that they would. People who make less are voting Republican in bigger numbers. That's just, that's just a big thing. It's never been that way. Now it is. That's super interesting. And it's straight out of political theory, too, that you convince people they are in a certain uh, group and that they must be and that they're in a fight for their lives, whether it was Karl Marx who was talking about the the working, the proletariat versus the capital holders, blah, blah, blah. Or if you're the critical race theory, you convince uh, anybody of color that they're in a fight for their lives against white people, to which smart white people respond, no, they're not. I like these people. But your your guilt-ridden jackasses with social degrees say, yes, I'm a racist, I systemic racism, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, step one is to get people in those coalitions, frighten the hell out of them, create crises, and then seize power. The problem is, from the radicals' perspective, is the people aren't buying it, as, as uh, Tucker Carlson there pointed out so eloquently. And just one more thought on that uh, topic. I'm looking at some of the results from... America's wackiest states, uh, including Cal Unicornia, and a lot of the real out-there propositions not only lost, they got murdered. I mean, they lost big. Um, and that's that's a great sign and a reminder, once again, 
that viewing America or even viewing the blue states through the lens of the media is a mistake. Uh, we're not nearly as crazy as it would seem. Six states still too early to call, or seven, depending on which outlet you are. Some people have called Arizona for Biden. Some of uh, still leaving it out there. But you got Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, North Carolina, and Georgia still hanging out there. And both Trump and Biden do still have a path to winning. Steve Dorsey is a correspondent with CBS News, works out of the Washington, D.C. Bureau, which I'm told is the capital of the country. Steve, welcome. How are you, sir? You know, exhausted like everybody else, but really pacing myself because, look, this is just the beginning, I think. Did you go to Did you go to bed or stay up all night? You know, I got a nap in uh, only after we ended our uh, extended coverage, uh, 3 a.m. Eastern time. Oh, Oof. boy. So if, uh, Steve, I were to press you into duty as the headline writer for uh, CBS News um, and you knew people were clicking all the time, what would your headline right now be? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I think... Uh, you know, too close to call, honestly. I mean, I know that's a, a simple way to look at it, but there's just so many undecided uh, factors in this race, especially as these battleground states, like you mentioned earlier, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, which we're all exhausted with already. <laughs> all of those votes, they haven't even been counted yet. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> I, you know, if, uh, you know, my personal leanings are toward Trump, but if Biden has to win, I'd love it if he won without needing Pennsylvania, just so we can leave that whole mess out of it, because that's going to be ugly for yeah. everybody. You know, I think you're exactly right. I think Democrats are trying to uh, uh, believe they can press wash their hands of Pennsylvania. If they do well there, great. But I think they're really focusing now on Wisconsin and Michigan because the, uh, they, they feel confident about Arizona. Uh, they feel confident, uh, perhaps, about Georgia, I should also mention. Um, but uh, they think they can they can pull it off without Pennsylvania, especially since they, they might have to write it off initially if there's court battles, if there's recounts. Uh, they're trying to focus elsewhere for now. Right. Now, Steve, I happen to be looking at uh, some of the New York Times commentary on what's going on right now, and they're talking about Arizona, and they say that uh, a lot of Democrats who mailed in ballots did it early. They could not wait. And it's believed that most of the remaining absentee ballots are from registered Republicans. Hmm. Now, is is that just... That's an interesting theory. Am I just a, a conservative-leaning guy who's clinging to ridiculous hopes? Or what's your, what's your point of view on Arizona at this point? Uh, yeah, I think the predominant uh, evidence that we've seen so far is that the... Uh, the, the Democrats have shown up strongly in early voting, in mail-in voting. Um, and you see the New York Times says that, that the absentee ballots are primarily uh, uh, Republican. The ones that arrived late, yeah, the ones that arrived around Election Day are probably pretty heavily hmm, Republican. That's a possible theory. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, that could be the case. Uh, I think I think procrastination uh, as a uh, as a as a fault that I have might cut across all political lines. Yeah, yeah, that is a a political trait of her. But um, you know, I think it depends on how much of these ballots are there. You know, does it make a dent? Um, I think it's safe to say either way. Objectively, Arizona has been trending blue, especially when you look at this uh, the Senate race with Mark Kelly. He's already declared victory. CBS hasn't uh, just yet. Uh, Martha McSally is, is is calling for every vote to be counted. Um, There's a changing landscape going on in in Arizona, and uh, and I think that's what Democrats are counting on. Uh, everybody's loving the question of is polling dead? Um, because you know if you're wrong two times, you're wrong. But like 
you know, I've been standing up for national polling, but I'm looking at this. The New York Times has this, the national exit polls. So we've been hearing for weeks, Trump, if Trump loses, it's going to be because the old people turned against him. He's just getting killed. And I mean, I saw numbers like 15, 20 point differences in what what he had in 2016 versus now among the 65 plus crowd. Nationally, the exit poll, according to the New York Times, Trump won the 65-plus crowd by three points. Wow. I mean, how do you get that that wrong? Do you have any guess? You know, uh, it's exit polls. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're uh, a moment in time. They are guide, but... So you think the exit you know, poll might be wrong? The, it, it could be. Yeah, I suppose. You know, I mean, this is such an unusual, this is such an unusual election. You know, there's been criticism of exit polls in the past. Yeah. I think we do our best to, to t- try to cast all of our data, um, you know, in context. Um, but listen, the, the president did do well uh, among Hispanic voters, too, I should say, um, better than expected, especially in places like uh, like South Florida, where he did well with Cuban-Americans. That's a uh, a group that he tried to, to court highly. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think that uh, he also did well in some some suburban areas. Um, and uh, and there's still a lot of hope for President Trump. Yeah. Hey, Steve, just a, a thought for you as you go forward in your most excellent journalistic career. I, I consider the term Hispanic to be nearly useless, uh, partly because I have uh, Hispanic friends who are of Mexican heritage, Venezuelan, Cuban, and the idea that they're a voting bloc is, is, is nearly laughable. But, you know, that's just a thought. Uh, Steve Dorsey of CBS uh, News Radio. Steve, we really appreciate the conversation. Great job. It's great to talk to you. It's our pleasure. Thanks. He's already exhausted by Pennsylvania. That's you know, pretty hilarious. God, that's What a great line. I'm reminded of sometimes you walk into a meeting and the person you're meeting with or one of the people in the meeting, they just immediately rub you the wrong way. <laughs> I can think of one specific instance, Jack, and I know you can relate. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and you think, oh, no, this is going to be a nightmare. This will be a nightmare. Pennsylvania is that state. It is so messed up. The Arizona thing. Do you have I something, give... Sean, you have a look like something yeah, uh, big is happening? Uh, your question about the exit polling. Okay. Um, I'm curious how exit polling, which were somewhat dubious in, in normal circumstances, in the era of record-breaking mail-in voting, when the people who showed up to the polls to actually be exit polled one day seem to be uh, overrepresented of a, oh, uh, right. of a certain obviously, party. Obviously, yeah. obviously. Yeah. How did I not know that? Lack of, on. Only lack of sleep would uh, keep that obvious notion from you. Yeah, and the New York Times did, apparently didn't think of that. Yeah, exit polling has got to be dead, too. Well, to be fair, I'm an idiot. So, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so if early polling is dead, exit polling has got to be dead, too. Because you can't poll just the people who showed up that day. No. This isn't a most amazing no. stat. I think we've got a clip on it. Um, uh, yeah, let's just play the clip because they lay it out. Clip on uh, number one. The key thing this year that made it so different was you had election day vote and the election day vote in person was clearly Republican. And the, then you had early vote and mail-in vote, and that was clearly Democratic. And the skew was enormous in both cases. I think Biden was yep. winning the early vote by 25 points. Trump was winning the election day vote by 25 points. Trump won almost every state on the election day. Biden won almost every state, with the exception of North Dakota, in the early and mail-in vote. Trump, I think, may have lost New York on the election day vote, but nothing more. Yeah, think about those numbers. So Biden won every single state but North Dakota before yesterday morning started. 
And if the election was only yesterday and people in person, Trump won every single state but New York. That's astounding. That's two different elections happening. So you can't poll two different elections and get a get a good result. But wait, there's more. And this is why you practically have to have this stuff in writing in front of you to understand what's going on. The different states have different rules about when they count mail-in ballots of all sure. sorts. Good point. And so I'm looking at the analysis of Michigan. Um, they weren't allowed to begin processing until either Monday or Tuesday. Florida started counting 22 days ago. Arizona, I can't even remember now. All of the remaining swings. Next to New Mexico. No, I I know where Arizona is, but I can't remember which one is which in terms of counting the mail ballots. A lot of cactus and sand. They all have different rules on can you count before the election, when the ballots can be counted, when they come in, the rest of it, and... So one state had a ton of mail-in ballots, and and they skewed early Democrat, and others are the opposite, and others are skewing backward-looking blah, blah. You have to have it in writing in front of you to understand what's going on. I rarely give credit to the New York Times, but their thought that hardcore Democrats voted early, and it might be... uh, Republicans are at least a mix that voted late. That's not a bad theory. Let me just read this to you um, because it's it's well done. Credit where it's due since I beat the hell out of Nate Cohn in the New York Times on a regular basis. There was wrote, some great Nate on Nate violence uh, on the Twitter machine last night with Nate Silver and Nate Cohen going back and forth yes. versus whose model was best. And your your prediction needles are stupid. No, you're stupid. I mean, it was great. <laughs> Which Nate will emerge victorious. <laughs> Here's what he wrote. The president is at a much larger five-point deficit in Arizona, so you might be surprised to learn that it's still up for grabs. But there's uncertainty about the remaining vote. One thing we know, there are late mail ballots received by the state over the last few days. These ballots usually tilt Democratic, but this year they might not. So many Democrats rushed their ballots in early that most of the remaining absentee ballots are from registered Republicans. Hmm. It's possible these Republicans just went out and voted on Election Day, but it's also possible that they've sent in their ballots, which haven't been counted yet. We'll get a better idea later Wednesday when officials have said they expect to have finished counting ballots in Arizona. Nevada has announced they got nothing to say till tomorrow morning. Which I, I respect I, that. Thanks, I, Nevada. I did, Please. The part of me that, that treats this as a TV show hates that because you want constant updates. The part of me that treats it as like, you know, a civic lesson. Obviously, you don't need to announce anything until you've uh, finished counting. There are like 135 people in Nevada. <laughs> what's it what's taking so long? You know, they've got two towns. You got Reno, you got Vegas. Get busy. They probably want to be the state that puts them over the top. Ah, that could be. Huh? You want to be the state gets all the attention. All the media comes into your town and fills up your hotels and eats at your restaurants. You think it's a publicity stunt? You're going to hold a press conference? Well, Vegas is uh, hurting, you know, because of the vid. It's not a, it's, it's crack potty, but. Uh, <laughs> what have you seen? What have you heard? What are your crack pot theories? Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Our worst case scenario is happening. <laughs> Breaking news, although we may have already said it and I've forgotten. Things are in a 
in a, in a, in a heated craze right now. So Arizona, which a couple of outlets have called already for Biden, but the New York Times notably has not. And they just announced that due to some sort of error, we had been earlier saying that 95% of the votes have been counted, but it turns out only 86% of the votes have been counted for Arizona. Yeah, that's so, the number I have, too. So, well, so Actually, 84. Um, but so there's a good, you know, 14, 15 percentage points of the votes hanging out there, which gives, you know, Trump more field to work with to make a comeback. I still don't know if that's going to happen or not. So you got that story out there. He's down four at this point. It is out there. Oh, speaking of things that are out there, just real briefly, there's a a tweet that's flying around that more people voted in Wisconsin than there are registered voters. It's not true. I just checked. Um, Wisconsin, somebody... I mean, extraordinary turnout. I mean, enormous turnout. Who just reported that Wisconsin has finished counting? Somebody from NBC News, or somebody on NBC News. It wasn't from them. I believe it was a... uh, a Wisconsin official being interviewed on NBC News said all the votes have been counted. There's been no announcement, but uh, Biden, according to the New York Times, is up 0.7. Yeah, 0.7. So, you know, regardless, however this turns out, it's... I mean, you got you got to have a cutoff. you got to have a way to determine who wins. But, man, when it's this close, it almost seems... Doesn't it seem weird that anybody would be able to... Make much change in the course of America when it's that close. We're going to go to war or not go to war, depending on these ten thousand people spread out across a whole bunch of states. Yeah, I mean it's just a it's wild. But I mean you gotta you gotta pick one or the other. Well, there's sure no mandate. I mean, no, <laughs> for anybody. Um, as we were saying earlier, the math might work out. Because it was wasn't very many votes last time Trump won by, and it might not be very, this many this time that he loses by. But you could have a situation where hundred thousand votes spread across two elections, and you either have a two term president, which puts you in the history books, or a zero term president. Mm-hmm. Difference of a hundred thousand votes. That's that's now that's close in a nation of three hundred thirty some million people. That's absolutely incredible. Yeah, it is amazing. I'm looking at the electoral map, and it's always uh, it's always revealing to me the northeast is just all blue, and then the uh, the south and the Midwest, except for the upper Midwest, all red. Well, and that's and the, the state map. You, you find right. that county map. That's always just amazing because it's yep. a sea of red yep. with dots of blue. And I was I had a conversation with my wife the other day that you know usually my political ramblings uh, cause her eyes to gloss, but uh, I get she, the same reaction. She actually... Uh, From your wife. Huh? <laughs> oh, <laughs> the old switcheroo. So is your mom. <laughs> is that what your mom said? When I was, you know. <clears throat> but I pointed out to her, and the fact that this isn't widely discussed and understood makes me sad. It's all about population density. If you live in the country, in a rural area, it's fairly surprising if you lay eyes on or interact with somebody you don't know. You know each other, you trust each other or don't trust each other, but you understand that your well-being depends on each other being decent human beings. And if you're a bad human being, everybody in your county knows it. 
And so you need far fewer rules. I can attest to this. Having grown up that way, there's only one school, so everybody knows the bad kids. Right. Everybody knows. It's not like you can be from another school. There's not another school. Right. And you're just not bumping up against people and their needs and their desires and their quirks and their pet peeves and in, in, in the way that you do in a city. And so you'd need very few rural, rules in rural America. As things get a little more populous, you need a few more just because, you know, it's just a little different, a little less of what I was describing. Then you get to a big city, you can ignore, completely ignore, 99.9% of people you pass every single day. You have no relationship with them, and you never, ever will. And you bump up against each other in terms of your lives and whatever um, all the time. So people in those areas feel like, and they're probably right, they need way more rules. The problem is we become obsessed with the federal government and one-size-fits-all policies. And a lot of the lefty people in the big cities can't stand that other people live differently than they do. And they are condescending and insulting to people in the heartland. And indeed, as Jack points out, even like in the less populous parts of Cal Unicornia, for instance, which is a swath of red. This is why local governance is so important. Seattle shouldn't dictate to eastern Washington. L.A. shouldn't dictate to Redding, California. Pick your state. The same thing applies. Why do people not know this? How far off were the polls? Holy crap. A couple examples for you next hour, if you get next hour. If you don't get next hour, God help you. Or check out the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. That's a good idea. Armstrong and Getty.